Welcome to Hot Takes, everybody. It is I, Young Shiro, along with my colleague, idol and mentor, Skeleton Lipstick. Oh, please. Oh, you, you flatter me. Hello. Hi, Skeleton Lipstick. We bring, <laughs> Hi. Skeleton Lipstick. Hot Takes. Hot Takes. Skeleton Lipstick. We bring to you another episode of Hot Takes, a vaporwave talk show and podcast in which we bring on uh, artists, visual and musical, uh, to pick their brains, not just about who they are and what they do, but about what they like. The, the core of this show is arguing, debating, and geeking out. So let those hot takes fly. Don't hold back. Just no punching down, please. A uh, couple ground rules and reminders. First of all, thank you, everybody, for being here. Whether you're a regular or a newbie, we appreciate and welcome you. Um, keep us in the know about whether le levels are good or bad. Um, got some extra gain on my mic tonight, so if you hear the keyboard clacking, just let me know. Uh, this, prod uh, this broadcast was brought to you by Indie Advent. We want to thank and appreciate Indie Advent for all of his help with hot takes. Couldn't do it without him. Um, anytime you uh, have a question, just make a note of it, and please hold it until the top of the hour, in which we will go to uh, audience-submitted questions for our guest, Pop Culture, who, by the way, we've been wanting to have on for a long time. Um, pop Culture is a, a genre bender and vapor-adjacent up-and-comer and industry pro or at least he's, he's an industry guy and we're excited about talking uh with him tonight uh also a dear friend from my rosewood collective so can't wait to get into some nitty-gritty with mr pop culture tonight a uh, couple last things just keep it clean in the chat uh let those arguments and, and debate topics and hot takes fly but but just no no sexism no racism homophobia i don't feel like i have to tell you people what not to do just if it's mean spirited don't do it uh I'm going to go through all the commands real quick, and while I roll those commands in chat, uh, Skelly, do you want to go ahead and get us started with some recommendations tonight? Uh, sure, I'll do some recommendations tonight. Uh, first recommendation I'm going to go with is an album that has been out for about a year or so that probably a lot of you are familiar with, but I just listened to it for the first time today. Um, the Nameless Dreamers collaboration between oh, yes. and R23X. Um, phenomenal album. Heavy RPG vibes on this guy. Really does feel like I'm moving through a um, soundtrack for a video game, but it moves something beyond just being the soundtrack for a video game. It feels like sort of a quest between two friends to work together, and almost all the little green keys and doors that they open are actually just ways of kind of combining their talents together to create interesting sounds. So as in, it feels like, you know, if you're playing, when you're playing the RPGs, you have quests that you have to accomplish, you have goals that you need to achieve, items you need to find, and I feel like that's represented in the two artists working together and figuring out how to mold their sounds together and trying to, and each time they, they do that, they unlock uh, you know, a new melody or a new song texture. And that's kind of what sort of kept me moving through the whole, it's a great album, but that also really kept me moving through the album was the camaraderie in it. Oh, and yeah. I think that that's kind of a thing that really is the most, is my favorite thing about the album actually, is, um, is the interplay between two friends having a nice time together, making music and sort of calling on the their their the things that they love, you know, video games that they love, the the the, the musical aesthetic that they love, and it just seemed like it was a fun time, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's very palpable in the album, that they had a really nice time making it, and it was a nice excuse probably for them to, you know, two, two people who've been friends for a long time to, to work together and and spend some time together, and you can feel that. You can feel the friendship in the album. So yeah. I, I like the theme of friendship I like that too. that's going on in this album. So I'm going to recommend that Nameless Dreamers album 
uh, equipping R23X as the first recommendation. And the second recommendation, let's move to a whole different vibe. Um, I was listening to the um, album by Shima33, uh, Marriage to Catherine. And I, if I'm not, if I'm not incorrect, I'm assuming that this album, I know that that this uh, particular dream punk artist had a long-term um, relationship with someone we had met uh, in a different part of the world. And I think, I believe if I remember probably, I remember seeing him post about this, and, you know, talking to this person and there was a big build up to meeting them finally. And then eventually he did get, was able to secure the funds to go see her for the, for, I don't know if it was the first time or maybe first or, so, or second time. And I know that soon after that, they uh, got married. And this album is, I'm assuming is the uh, is the tribute to that. So that's really nice. It's a really interesting, very personal album, very personal dream punk album. And you can very, very rarely do you get to call a dream punk album romantic. So that's why mm. I found this album to be very interesting, you know, very personal. Sometimes you listen to a lot of dream punk albums are, you know, they sometimes they're very like very, uh, you know, ethereal about like you know different uh mindscapes or they're maybe a little bit have some era of era air of dread in them uh, this one's kind of comforting this one's a uh, very sweet and um and really introduce interest interesting and probably has all kinds of little like you know um uh there's probably all kinds of little uh things in the album whether in the song titles or the or the sound textures themselves that are little tributes to the person that that they love and that's kind of nice because at the end of the day, you know, all relationships with, with when there's a relationship between two people, those two people develop a secret language and only they understand, you know what I mean? And every every couple has that secret language, you know what I mean? That only those two people understand and nobody will outside of it will. So this is kind of an interesting tribute to that, you know, that, that, uh, that secret world that you create with your partner. And so that's why I'm going to be recommending this very, this very nice album. Uh, Marriage, Catherine by Shima Thirty Three. Okay, love the women. And uh, oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and I'm 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 a, I'm a sucker for love, so I had to recommend that one. And then we'll go and let's recommend an album off of uh, Seiko Mart um, by Jazzy Ryuji called Future Funkadelic Bi. That's five, right? I can't remember thank my you for the donation, No, it's six. It's six. It's six. I'm so stupid. Six. Um, and it's an interesting future funk album because it's got very tropical vibes to it. So uh, sometimes I hear future funk albums, they got some anime vibes or some city uh, pop vibes or some funky vibes. And this one's got tropical vibes to it. And that's kind of an interesting little variation that, uh, that kind of caught me by surprise. So I am also going to recommend this album from Seiko Mart, Jazzy Ryuji, Future Funk 6 for the, the, the slight but noticeable variation in the type of future funk that's being made here that I hadn't really heard yeah, prior. well said. So that's my third recommendation. I feel like it's really hard to find good future funk, so when you do find mm. it, you got to keep coming back to it. I, I mean, I, 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 I find it fun, so... so, so it's tough for you because you're tough on it. I mean, I'm just too picky. <laughs> it's for, too, too a fault. No problem with it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing I was going to say also, I think um, Dream Punk being romantic is is not uncommon for for hke's work no you're right because but obviously there's a lot of not, like in not the to correct you but just to kind of no, like you're absolutely build right. off it's of been what a while said. though you're, you're absolutely right yeah that. i think it's yeah just been a while. I, and of course and obviously with telepaths work too which is all romantic stuff so uh yeah you're absolutely right i guess um yeah. i guess it just hadn't heard it in a while 
Yeah, you're there's, right. there's much some like all of Telepath's work, including what's the uh, side project? Twenty-eight fourteen. Lovers and literally oh, called no, them lovers, lovers and yeah. twine. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, duh. Okay. So there's a little. I'm not trying to correct you, buddy. I'm trying. This to, one was very interesting. out with you was, a little bit there. Yeah, this one was very interesting because I specifically, you specifically knew who it was about and what the situation was. Oh, you did. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's this one. You. This wasn't something ethereal yeah. or mysterious. This was like very direct, and it was absolutely a reference to his recent um, engagement to this person. Wow. Okay. That that makes it even more like meaningful. So that was what was interesting about that. Yeah, Wong Kar Wai Buzi, obviously. Yeah. But this one was interesting because it wasn't about the film or it wasn't about some ethereal being. This was like actually a thing. Oh, shout out Video Dome for online. rating us. I actually remember seeing online when he was talking about meeting this person. Wow. Well, hey, I like that you kind of have the 411 on that. Um, you, have a, you have a beautiful way of describing albums, man. Thank you very, very much for that. Oh, Sometimes I, I feel like I could say more and just I, I blank. No, no, no. Um, I just want to real quick before we go into today's hot take shout out Roge Corp for a $25 donation holy shit thank you so much goes a real long way and we appreciate it Um, Roge Corp is such a homie I want to talk I actually had a hard time picking a hot take sometimes I can't decide on what to to talk about but like we uncovered we unearthed a lot of great topics recently Uh, Skelly reminded me just before the show yes and thank you some kind of gangster as well for your generous donation you I see you my heart has grown 13 sizes. Um, we talked about uh, moshing etiquette apparently already. Uh, that's come up in conversation again, so we're going to skip on to something else. Um, I had read a lot. There's been a lot of talk recently about venue merch cuts, but in conversations with people uh, in the mod chat, shout out Luxury Noise, it was revealed that there's not a good goddamn thing we can do about venue merch cuts anyways. So I'd like to talk about something that is relevant, that is something we can control. And um, I want to talk about unauthorized bootlegs. So I don't buy physical media. Well, I buy CDs, right? Because I think CDs are the most punk rock form of media, but whatever. That's a, that's a totally different conversation. Laugh it up, y'all. But anyways, there are people who make bootlegs of albums that you know they make because they, they want to have a physical of it. Sure, cool. Uh, there's people that make bootlegs uh, without the artist's knowledge or consent. Maybe they just do it for their own personal use, right? What's Who's going to stop them? Especially like if you have like a mini disc recorder, whatever. Uh, there's people that make bootlegs and sell them. Uh, and, you know, uh, sometimes even flying in the face of, of artists and, you know, no names or anything. But I think it's kind of a rarity, even in the vaporwave scene where everything's very like DIY. Um, and I kind of really just wanted to know what you guys think rather than me making like a blanket statement about unauthorized bootlegs i wanted to know if you guys had a thought about it if you know anybody who's done it if what 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 you think would you buy one are you an artist in chat and if you are what do you think if you found out someone was bootlegging and selling one of your albums skelly i guess i'll start with you and then we'll talk about we'll talk to sam what what do you think of unauthorized bootlegs Oh, um, I wouldn't, I mean, okay, well, for some artists, this is their career, and I think that's kind of a mean thing to do to them, uh, because they depend on the sales, and they depend on the traffic from the people coming to purchase from their Bandcamp, or using their Spotify, or using the medium that they use to distribute their work, 
So I think it's sad not only that they don't get the revenue, but that they don't get the traffic from people coming over to see, you know, their websites, etc. So that's upsetting. Yeah, good point. Um, I, as for me personally, doesn't matter too much for me because I don't really care that much. People can get my music any way they like, and hey, I True. think it's cool when people have access to my music. And I, I would think I would find it very interesting for someone to re-release something I did and I don't know, reimagine the artwork for it. Are they reimagining the artwork? Do they do that, or is it just like? They do that, you know. Um, is it just a whole thing? It's just the whole thing. Because so, I would, I would. If they're gonna, if they're gonna do it to me. It'd be pretty cool if they just reimagined all the artwork too. That'd be kind of fun. Like a Chingao thing. I would. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, I would just be more sad for the label that would be releasing my stuff, not getting any kind of revenue. So. Yeah, I imagine if you're not in it, like if you're not, like if you didn't quit your day job and you don't have like a Patreon and you're like you're like selling your video games to try to break even, mm-hmm. unauthorized boots probably don't like wouldn't bother you, especially like you said if someone's doing like a cool spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, want to know also again what the chat thinks? Apparently, some people have bought probably, boots probably not, of not larger right. acts like the Beatles and FM radio broadcasts. That's pretty cool. I'm sure there's oh, some Detroit cool. Neo Hypertronica boots out there too that you know I would actually wouldn't mind getting my hands on if, if you know where to find some. Um, being that um, Sam Pop Culture is also an artist, uh, I would very much like to bring him on and see what he thinks about that, and then we'll get into getting to know our guest today, and then going from there. So everybody, if you're not familiar with Pop Culture, check him out. Uh, he's a he's a skilled genre bender. Um, I want to say he, he's audio engineer, uh, very, very well-trained and, and learned in the ways of audio production. Uh, and he's released um, some some like great work, uh, very, very clean, very, very good production uh, with some great, particularly the, the one album with the Lunitas artwork. Uh, shout out Lunitas. Um, anyways, I'm rambling. At this point, let's go ahead and bring on our guest, Pop Culture. What's say good? hi to everybody. Hey, Hello. what's up, man? Damn. How's looking fresh good shout out naoko for continually right. plugging your band camp if people aren't buying if at least one person oh, you. buys your album it'll be thanks to naoko co-ed pop culture what do you think i don't have anyone on my band camp so thanks <laughs> you don't have I any albums have, on like, your n- no i think i have like 10 followers on there because i'm like bad at promoting that hey didn't you release that one but, album on pacific plaza or am i like going crazy yeah you did right yeah i have uh 2020 uh shout 2021 out live on pacific plaza on their band cam um but very cool just as far as my own band camp goes and think, you're, like, you're kind of a staple dead over there you know what like, man every dollar counts good. thanks for the luck That's thanks for the plug looks It'd be like that, man. And you're kind of a staple of the, the, the L.A. kind of Southern California vaporwave scene. You played a lot of um, virtual memory shows. Um, mm-hmm. Played and, a couple um, of those. I, I, don't, I hope it's not a secret who you, uh, who you room with. Yep. And, and Raleigh and uh, Molo. Molo 360 and Unreal. Very, Monica. very cool people. Hat tip to Molo yeah. for putting me on the whole podcast thing. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, so, I mean, being that you are, you know, an an artist, I mean, art is hard. It doesn't pay bills mm-hmm. most of the time. So, 
Yeah. Pretty pretty ambivalent to the whole bootleg thing or just like Kesara oh the, oh the bootleg? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I guess if it if it's done on a, like a small scale, I think it's like I think it's fine. Very cool. <laughs> I don't know. Especially I think if it's, it's like I feel like it's kind of funny to me, and like like all the people mm-hmm. who just like upload like uncleared samples to Spotify. I just <laughs> right. find it like really funny sometimes. Dude, like, you know what's funny to me when somebody fucking uploads a song and they have the same artist name as like a famous fucking artist, and Spotify <laughs> lets them do that shit, and it shows oh, up on yeah. like the famous artist's page for like a hot minute. Yeah, like that have you seen Susan that Skelly? No, no. That shit happened? is so funny to me. Like somebody, let's say I, I'm like I'm George Clanton, <laughs> or like George okay. Clanton was featured on my song because I like ripped a sample from him. I can upload that shit okay. to Spotify and it'll go on his Spotify. I don't know how oh it God. works, but it's like it's just funny to yeah. me. Yeah, you can kind of just like people will like get away with it for like an hour. Uh-huh. Or, like, people will, like, upload shit to, like, Drake's Spotify, and it'll, like, <laughs> show up on his page for, like, 30 minutes, because Spotify is just, like, weird like that. Like, because for some reason, you can just do that. I remember there was, like, a great... I don't really know how it works, but people So many people that. lamented the opening up of Spotify to, like, anyone being able to, to upload. You know, because there was once a time, as y'all remember, mm-hmm. where, like... I don't remember what exactly changed, but like not just anybody. It wasn't like SoundCloud where anyone could upload. Well, nobody anything. really knew how to do it at the time. They yeah. Shout out Casper Town. Thank you so much for the dono. I liked it's it. It's like so many like weird channels of distribution through like DistroKid and everything, and like no one really knows how it works except for like all the labels and everything. Right. Yeah, well, back in the day, you had to use, like, I mean, I remember it was, like, you could use, like, um, TuneCore or CD Baby to distribute your stuff onto uh, mm-hmm. Spotify back in, like, the early 2010s. TuneCore well, still has, like, the worst website ever. Uh, yeah, I still, like, <laughs> I still have, like, my first album released through TuneCore because mm-hmm. that's what was available at the time. I remember, like, I remember, yeah, I put my stuff on Spotify oh back in, like, God. 2012. And I remember actually, like, airlines, um, you know, Penny from, like, serving in airlines being like, how'd you do that? How'd you put things on Spotify? So, does it, Whoa. you have to pay for that Yeah, shit, they right? still have the same website from, like, 10 years ago, though, you're right. Like, it yeah. still looks exactly the same. Nothing has and changed. Bandcamp is, like, exactly the zero. same. It's the yeah. same Bandcamp that it was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, Personally, it, I think it's great. I feel like right, there's very little cool, bloatware on Bandcamp. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I love the early 2010s. Yeah, we're, my favorite we're era. nostalgic for that era. It's my favorite era. What about the MySpace era? Do you do you miss being able to go on a band's MySpace page and like download their singles? No, man, MySpace. You don't miss like, those like 128k. Damn. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. I, mean, I don't really like, miss it yeah. that much. Yeah. No, I miss I, that I, exciting I, era of discovering miss, like that kind miss? of shit. I kind of miss uh, going on iTunes with my allowance and, like, buying, like, ten songs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was so fun. Buying ringtones. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I would, like, I would just, like, scrape through the, like, iTunes charts. Dude, it's yeah. a just, like, bitch now them. as a DJ. Like, you have to go to, like, Beatport. <laughs> iTunes will be like, don't buy it. Just stream it. Like no, yeah. I well, need a lossless. Beat for it now, well, I mean, I don't know. Here and there, I mean, 
I'm not going to stand here and act like everything I play is lossless. I'm not that oh, yeah. cool, but you know. That cool. But uh, but yeah, iTunes makes it so fucking difficult to buy music now. You usually have to go to Beatport or you know Amazon Music. Um, Skelly, yes. what is it? Soul Seek? Okay, yeah. Shout out. People are talking <laughs> about all the different cool places to get music in chat. Oh, um, damn, don't look better than me. Let's get to know pop culture. Skelly has a laundry list of questions he wants to ask you. Oh yeah, always do. Of course, of course. Um, well, I guess let's just well, let's, first things first. Let's just start at the beginning. Um, so, how did you get into start? How when did you start playing music? What was your first experience with this? What did you start with? And why? Um, why music? I why did. Music? I did tons of like. I guess I started music like really young with like piano and like all sorts of like music lessons. I did. Um, was your family musical? Did they want you to play, or was it on, of your own volition? Yeah, they really wanted me to play like in in like band and like orchestra. They Shut wanted me out. to like do stuff like that. My okay. brother was like really good at it. My older brother, he was like he was always really good at like instruments and stuff. But I was always like I was always really bad at it. Like. I like can't the reason I like don't play instruments live and stuff is because like I like really can't keep rhythm like that live. Right. Oh really? <laughs> like, Wait, yeah, so yeah, damn you're the kind of guy you hit like you hit play on the C D J and it's producer. all fucked up. You have to use or you like, or like, you like, really, like you're probably you're probably like being like you strongly rehearse how to play that synthesizer correctly for like the few parts you, Yeah. Yeah. For the few shows I've played, I, I yeah. like rehearsed a ton because like I don't know if it's like bad coordination or like what it is, but like I'm just I don't know, I'm just not an instrument. It's, it's, no, person. I understand. It, it's so funny how like there's so many like that's like a that's like you can be like, you know, this like a producer who like understands like all the components and how to put the song together and how to how to create your own patches, particularly somebody like you who works with so many different types of synthesizers, you know what I mean? Where it's like mm-hmm. you can understand these synthesizers inside and out, how to create your patches, how to structure your songs, but it's like, but it's like it comes to like the straight up just like playing it. It's like uh, I, I don't like I I'm not I'm not good at that either. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I can't play anything. Yeah. So you know. So anyway, but so you so you they you were trying to do band stuff. You didn't really feel like you had the rhythm for it. Did that uh, start yeah. uh, dissuade you, dissuading you from wanting to play instruments, or were you like? No, I like this. This is just not how I want to do it. Uh, kind of. I never really, like, saw myself too much as, like, a musical person. But in sometime in high school, like, I think, like, soft, yeah, sophomore year, um, one of my older brother's friends, like, got me, like, Ableton, okay. Massive, and FM8 on my laptop. Oh, FM8. That was a great like, synthesizer. Like the I old heard, oh, school, yeah, yeah. You skipped Ma- right over massive Fruity and, Loops. And ma- massive and massive, massive and FM8. That was like that, and like Absinthe were like three really big yep. software since back then. I had all three of those, and then I'm, and then there was like a wait. What year was this, or like what era? Probably this is the early 2010s or late 2000s, okay. I guess. Right? Bet. Well, yeah, it was like 2010. Maybe. Late 2000s, Sick. early 2010s. Yeah, those were three re- like Absinthe and FM8 and Massive were like these like three really big since I had that. I also had like the Fab Filter synthesizer as well. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, those were those the things you get when you want to be Skrillex. Those were the things Hell about yeah. those were like they those three, but those three synths in particular, the FM8 one, and then and massive especially for like basses and things like that. 
Like that mm-hmm. was that was a, like yeah. If you were just starting a starting off as being a producer, you just got Ableton for the first time, and you kind of were like, I want to. I, I think I got a little bit of the gist of this. I want to take it one step further. Like, I don't know, man. Those synths yeah. were like really like the ones. Those were those synths were those were hot properties back then. I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I downloaded them all off Pirate Bay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Those, those are the ones. Yeah. That I really got started on. Yeah, Massive was good. Massive was a good one. That's some pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I should, should use that one again. Yeah, it's just funny because, like, you know, what's it called? It's kind of like you know, Serum has just sort of like replaced everything. Mm-hmm. So is that why you guys moved on? You just found better shit that worked, like did more, well, or worked I better. Mean, well, actually, yeah. what I want to get to is eventually pop culture here is good, probably moves on to hardware synthesizers and stuff too. So, but I want to get to the you got Ableton. Mm-hmm. Who you said you, was your older brother? Who got it for you again? And you were sophomore. It was like my older brother's friend who was like really yeah. into making dubstep and stuff. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I kind of had like a writing partner for like a long time who like, like we like worked on like a ton of stuff for like years. So, and, okay. So let me ask you then. So was that what the first inspiration for dealing with electronic music was? Was it the dubstep? Definitely. Was it, it was, yeah. it was definitely like Skrillex. <laughs> um, what were you listening like, I got to? Into Skrillex that launched so many careers. Yeah, oh, that'll yeah. do it. Man. Daft Punk and Skrillex. Mm-hmm. So you started doing that, and then you were working with your friends. Oh, oh, did you was who was your writing partner? Um, he doesn't really like do music stuff anymore. But um, we I would always just go over to his house, and we'd just like work on stuff all the time. Wow! And, and how did you how did you train yourself to start producing? Because it's it's one you know how did you jump into it? Were you watching YouTube tutorials? Were you reading magazines? Were you just like, listening to the music and trying to copy it? What'd you do? A little bit of all of that. Um, yeah. But I don't think my music like definitely sounded pretty bad for like a long time. It <laughs> like, always does, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I still kind of feel like I'm like just like figuring out my stride. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, like I like listen to like. But, like, I, I feel like around 2016, which is, like, um, that's when I made, like, Superwave. Um, okay, well, then, I, I want to ask you, then, how did you start jumping? So, you, you know, moving from making dubstep and playing around with, like, LFO forms to, you know, an, an, an auto filter to sort of, like, do these drops and rises, uh, mm-hmm. it's a big jump to go from that to Superwave. So what did you start listening to? What made you start changing your direction? was like um at that point i'd been making like (laughs) like dubstep shit for like like six years or so and i was just like getting really sick of it and got burnt out huh yeah i got got pretty burnt out on it and i just like ended up like like i kind of wanted to like copy like sort of the artist i was the artist i was listening to a lot growing up that like weren't dubstep like passion pit like nice shout out passion pit and stuff okay so yeah like and who else he said i guess just like mgmt Um, i i really like that like um 2010s era of like yeah indie electronica yeah indie tronica sort of chill wave but like more poppy and kind of like indie early 2010 stuff yeah for sure it was Mm -hmm. a fun time oh yeah like music like neon i love that like that snow that sort of thing neon neon indian or anything yet oh yeah yeah 
I love that stuff. I didn't I didn't listen to too much of that back then, but like, yeah, I love that stuff. I would so put your music on like a chill wave DJ set. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I I played California. I played California. Especially so yeah, the vocals. The vocals especially like make it so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing. Okay, so let's go back to that then, because it's a. As I was saying, this is a big difference from going from making the dance music. So now you like understand the structure of how the dubstep music works and how EDM music works. But now you're going into crafting pop songs. Was that a difficult mm -hmm. transition, or did you, or, or did you think you took to it pretty, pretty not easily? It feel more like you when you started doing it. I think, I think it was like pretty easy. Yeah. It was definitely like different though, cause, mm -hmm. but it, it was a lot of fun writing all those songs. Cause like, I don't know, I got to do so much more with like just making, making melodies in my head. And like, I guess like I, I, I sort of had like an epiphany at some point where like, yeah. I never saw myself as like a singer or anything, but yeah, I was like, too, yeah. I know how to like mangle sound with like sound design. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I could just Melodyne everything exactly how I want it to be. Yeah, Mel thank you, Melodyne. <laughs> what, what is Melodyne for those of us Philistines that don't produce? It's, it's oh, it's like auto-tune. Oh, what's the effect you use on your vocals? Well, mm -hmm. not, so you record your vocals through it, and then it like gives you these little lines that represent where your voice is in relation to like uh, a chart of notes. I gotcha. You kind of, like, you can kind of like organize it and put it into the right. I love that. You know, that can get technique that you use it. it's yeah. very unique and it sounds Sometimes interesting you, i always get these like terrible transients once in a while that were like all like i'll notice properly and there's like one one little way that's like well up here and i'm like i gotta get rid of that thing but you can clean it up it's nice and then so you did that you figured probably like listening to some of those those bands from the late 2010 uh 2000s early 2010s that you know you could it doesn't you can texturize your voice you can add things to it you can put different mm -hmm. layers of sounds over it you can use some compressors on it from ableton to make it to get it exactly in the tones that you want and that actually it gives a character you know what i mean it makes it makes it sound yeah. unique when you do it that way that was the nice thing about that those artists from the late 2000s early 2010s was it providing an example that's actually more interesting when you do something odd with the vocals and you kind of texturize them rather than making them so clean. It's refreshing mm -hmm. to hear. I and mean, like, it's almost yeah. like you prefer, I prefer to hear vocals like that. And it's, it's okay if there's ones. mistakes or whatever. That's kind of the charm of it. It's okay. Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and everybody... Imperfections, you might say. It, you know, the, the vocals themselves can almost become like a synthesizer mm -hmm. texture and that like almost all synthesizers sound completely different in different songs like so can the vocals you know they can be treated yeah. the same way as you treat creating a synthesizer patch it's almost like shoegaze. it's just another it. instrument it's, it's very influenced by shoegaze actually yeah absolutely i would say it's very i'd say shoegaze is a very big influence on that you know m83 as well things like that oh yeah so you got more comfortable doing vocals once you realize you could do some things like that with them mm -hmm. okay uh, well yeah yeah it was like um Oh shoot, what was I gonna say? It it was just fun, I feel like. Cause um sometimes like writing like I guess writing too much of the same thing for too long gets really like exhausting. Yeah. Um especially if it's like something like something like dubstep where it's just like everything is about like um, like building up and drops, and making and everything big. Kicks, you gotta have like, that specific kick sound, or 
Mm-hmm. I feel like production-wise, I really need something like stimulating mm. in order to like keep writing in a specific sound to like because now I sort of feel like I'm like going full circle a bit where like it's kind of hard to write like pop music a little bit now oh, I, I was kind of curious if I might interject do you think you'll ever come back around to dubstep again or maybe go back to something that you used to do oh um I, I guess this is sort of an, an announcement, but yeah, I, I definitely have like a lot of like really, I don't know if I'll release it under pop culture, but I have some like really bassy stuff. You got some rippers, some like, huh? Hey, that's really... actually a super cool thing to hear on hot takes. You should mm-hmm. like rework one of your songs as like a, like a rhythm or like, you know, dubstep, like ripper. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I don't really know where I'm going with it, but... I'm I'm thinking I might either do like a new like project or side project with it. Hell yeah! But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I've been making some weird shit with it. So oh, you're you're fun. the kind of guy that would rather make a, a side project if it's a departure from your sound. You'd rather put it under another mm-hmm. name instead of like putting it all under the pop culture flag. I got no. I guess like it's just like. I want like the pop culture shit to like all be cohesive. I guess like just be my pop shit. Like Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I don't really want to like just throw every like I think that's like, I... smart. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm like tripping over nothing, but like I don't think like, there's a wrong answer. I feel answer. like it sounds way different from like a lot of the stuff I'm putting out now. I gotta start asking our guests. It would warrant something. It would warrant like a new project. Like if I were to like put that out, it's like. Would you? You think you would like market it really well, or would you just kind of like like a secret release, one off? Who cares? Check it out or Um, don't check it out. That that's the thing. Like I feel I feel like if I want to do that or, um, I'd want to like. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I feel like I do kind of want to, like, put a lot of effort into it and, like, really promote it and, like, try to, like, book as many cool. shows with that as I can and try to, like, yeah, like, I don't know if I explained that well at all, but I want to do it right if I do I could see that. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm not a performing artist, but, like, I've played in a Future Funk set, so I'm really ready to do a lo-fi house set, maybe a Vapor mm-hmm. Trap set. Like, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired. I don't know how you guys play the same shit over and over and over and over. I bet you get tired mm-hmm. of it real fast. Yeah. But... Sorry, what was the question? Again? Oh, nothing. It's time for Skelly well, to ask questions. more good questions. Well, I have more. I have more questions. Okay, mm-hmm. so I understand we've been talking a lot about working with the software since, but I know for a fact that you work with, you know, and you've had a job in the past that's had given you access to some pretty cool synthesizers. So, at mm-hmm. what point did you start making a transition from working with um, software synthesizers to some of the hardware ones, and which do you prefer? Um. I guess uh, when that job started, I, I started that job in co- during COVID. Yeah. Um, 
So March 2020. Basically what that job was was like um that job was like an audio rental spot for all of LA and the guy we were working for had basically every synth in the world and just like sitting in a warehouse and so when we had slow days we could basically just use any synth we wanted and it it was kind of crazy but i think i think through working that job i'm not really a hardware synth person at all it's like wow put you off yeah and you got you got access to all these synthesizers and you were like you know what i don't think this is actually the medium that i like to use interesting nah it's um they're they're cool and they're like fun but they're um i i I like really like like analog synths but like brother like so annoying and like um I don't really like recording as much. Like I like composing like in my DAW. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. Um and like it's just like all sorts of like little things like and maybe if I maybe if I had a synth like in my studio, I would mm-hmm. be I'd feel more inclined to use it, but I see. like I don't know. Maybe I'm just stuck in my own ways. Cause... Well, no, that's that's the thing. It's what, I really what you, like software. What you become comfortable with is what you're going to use. So you're comfortable with software. That's mm-hmm. what you use. So that and that's that's great. Yeah. That you say that too, because there's a lot of people who think that they're they might think that they're missing out because they haven't they're not using hardware synthesizers. But you're here to say that hey, listen, I've had access to all these synthesizers and I'm still comfortable. I'm more comfortable with the software ones. So. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's like a way different like mindset, like writing stuff on like a MIDI keyboard Mm -hmm. and then like recording stuff in through like hardware synths. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think you really hear too much of like what comes through through hardware synths um, unless you like record it like a very specific way. And it's like, like, I feel like a lot of what people attribute to being like the vintage analog sound or whatever is like not even like analog synths, but like, I don't know, just like, like fucked up tapes. Yeah, just like different like recording methods and like <clears throat> just like how shit was made in the 80s, which you can like easily just like replicate in your DAW. Mm. Yeah, I feel like. with like racks and shit. Interesting. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm describing it well, but no, no, no. <laughs> I see what you're saying. It's it's things that are, are more replicable, replicable than people realize. With, uh, mm-hmm. with all the different types of software. So then, let me ask you: What kind of software do you like to use? What are you composing with? Um, so Arturia is crazy. Um, especially um, so like if you have Arturia. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like the prop profits and like Jupiters and like Junos and everything, there's always like a little like folder in like all the presets that has like, um, the sounds that are actually on the Junos and profits and like, those are really, really nice. Okay. Um, I really like like rolling cloud. It like, 
it'll destroy your CPU. But <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's like I was gonna say, you must have a good. rig. <laughs> wow. Oh so no, what? not not even my laptop kind of sucks. Oh, you see, so you, but, you still write all your stuff on the laptop. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> laptop and Ableton. Yep, same. And then, yeah, those are the two um, analog synths I, I rock with. Um, I do don't, like serum Don't you a usually bit, use, so, like, a keyboard when you play live shows, though? Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen you do That's that. That's all MIDI. Nice. It's the MIDI. It's like a MIDI keyboard. I had, like, I had like a pretty interesting setup uh, with that, because a lot of people thought I was, like, playing, like, chords and, like, I guess, like, playing along with myself, but what I was actually doing was, like, I had my MIDI rotted into my auto-tune, so I was controlling what note I was singing with my keyboard. Oh, oh really? that's cool as fuck. <laughs> so wait, I could wait, do, wait. like, really weird shit with it. So what, what, okay, so what were you, um, if you don't mind asking, what software were you routing your vocals through? It was, like, um, the, just Antares. Oh, it was Antares, okay. But, yeah, it was the one, yeah. um with um the one that comes on the apollo yeah, yeah there's like a feature on it where you can route midi into the auto tune oh so funny <laughs> i was I using never... was that the only like effect a long you're... time so what effects okay so what effects do you and let me ask you that question then too for your vocals can i ask you what effects you're using live uh definitely uh there's this like crazy chorus plugin uh antari's choir Antares that choir. thing is like crazy really and yeah it's like thirty dollars um that's like the main chorus i use on everything damn um you heard it on hot ticks autotune of course um and then Write that one down. just a lot of reverb <laughs> just a lot a lot of reverb hell yeah um that that's basically it i had a knob hook hooked up to my reverb tail so i could make it like <clears throat> so you a can, really you can play with that yeah long reverb and then yeah i had certain songs where i would um like i think i had like one or two songs that i did like delay on and that was basically the whole vocal chain, though. Really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But I think the choir does, like, a ton of work in it. Because it just sounds, like, so crazy. Oh, and, like, wide. That's choir. That's, that's, that's a nice pro tip for everybody. Yeah. Do vocal. That's good stuff. Um, Apparently, yeah. our audience loves, like, they live for this shit. So, thank you. Yeah. We always appreciate Meanwhile, I'm like, I have no idea. Chat. Well, I have a general idea of what you guys are talking about, but, you know. So then, okay, so, all right. So, so that's basically your setup right now for live performances. Um, mm -hmm. right. When you write your songs, do you start with the melody or do you start with the beat or what do you start from? Um, I guess I usually started with, like, some sort of beat or, like, mm -hmm. chord progression or something like that. Um, just try to get something, like, interesting or just try to, like, pump out ideas. Yeah. Because I feel like when I write a lot, like, the first few ideas usually suck. And then, like... <laughs> just got to work out those it's bad like, ones first. It's, like, always like that. It's always like that, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have Do you have to feel inspired to write, or do you set specific time aside to do it? Um, I feel like I need to like for or sometimes force myself to do it, but mm-hmm. um, I've had some more like free time lately, so it's it's been a little easier. It was like really hard when I was working at like um, the audio rental spot because there was just so much work to do and it would like that job was like way more like physically draining. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it was it was brutal. Um, but like even back then, like I would have to like really like be like disciplined with it to like finish stuff. But I don't know. It's been a little bit hard this past year because, like, it's hard to like write music if you're not feeling it. Yeah, yeah. And yep, it's like really like it's really draining to like write something and then like not like not like it at all later. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> and then you like keep trying to do things to fix it. Like, well, if I do this, if I do that, and you're like, let's now it's become a complete mess. Yeah. Do you usually you compose that sober or on some sort of mind altering substance? Uh, usually, usually sober. I don't really like smoke weed or anything. Respect. A lot of, ca- um, a lot of caffeine occasionally for me. Mm-hmm. No way. Lots, lots of caffeine. Um, I guess sometimes, sometimes I do, or sometimes I'll like drink, or I'll come home after a few drinks and I'll I'll write some stuff. But for for the most part, I'm like I'm pretty I'm pretty sober now, so. King shit. Respect. I gotta get that way. So so how did you discover the vaporwave world? Dang, I don't even... Because obviously you released... I love this question. You you, you, you fashioned Superwave. Well, I know... And you released into... That was on Business Casual, correct? Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. So then how did you... How did you stumble across all this? Well... I don't even remember how I found Vaporwave. I know I found like Vectroy or okay. uh, Macintosh Plus like way early on. Yeah. Or just the uh, floral shop. But I never really like pursued it past that in like 2011. Like I, mm-hmm. or however long ago that was. Yeah. Like I just like found it. And I was like, oh, that's back, back to, du- back to like, dubstep. <laughs> yeah. And like, Sure enough, like, years later, I ended up finding, like, I think it was, like, George Clanton, Mm. I think. And I think I found, like, Christ, Mm. George Clanton, and, like, maybe the Echo Jams album. And then I went to Econ. Oh, I guess this is sort of... So um, you just, so you went to Econ, two or one? I went to two, the one in L.A. L.A., Clean. Me too. And that's actually how I ended up on Business Casual, because, like, no Christ shit. was, like, one of the few people who I, like, knew there. And okay. I was, like, I was talking with him for a bit over his merch booth, and I ended Did up you... just, like, sending him. Oh, really? Oh, that's I so love funny. It. Yeah. Did you go to Econ by yourself, or did you know people? That you were, did you go with people, or did you just go by yourself? I didn't. I knew, like, a couple people there but i i think i went by myself oh no i went with one of my friends i remember oh now. wow so you were just like but, this is this, this is crazy i know george clan and there's these other 
artists here. This is apparently some big vaporwave festival. I, w- I want to check this out. Yeah, there there were a bunch of people who I like didn't know there and who I now know. Yeah, which is, same. Which is like crazy. I, I specifically <laughs> remember bumping into Codex Boy Encyclopedia and being like, "I've seen you online, motherfucker. I just don't know who you are." So yeah. did you did you did you meet a lot of people at at, at Econ then? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, huh. Yeah, like. Yeah, I just like bounced around. I know, I know, I met Alex Pacific Plaza there briefly. Sick. I, I just met like a a bunch of random people. I don't really remember exactly who, but yeah, I remember I saw like Telepath. Um, God, who else did I see? I don't know. I, I really got introduced through Econ Two though. Very cool. Oh, and then that's when you're like, you know, I think I'd like to be a bigger part of this whole little world here. Yeah. It was, like, it was really cool because, like, I didn't really, like, know where to, like, put my music out at the time because I had all that music done. And I was like, oh, this is, like, awesome. It'd be be sick to release here. Yeah, it's a very good fit. It's interesting. Is that funny? It's like, oh, this is a perfect fit, especially after going to Econ, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you, uh, you, you approached Christ and you started talking to John? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, cool, I'll send you my album. And he ended up liking it and ended up putting it out on Business Casual. So funny. That was basically how that happened. Yeah, um, no, and then you hooked up with Pacific Plaza and some of the other, like, virtual yeah. memory people eventually. I remember you played a mm-hmm. handful of virtual memories. Yeah, I remember hearing your album because they talked about it briefly on like the Private Suite podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta check this out!" I'm like, "This is fun." Yeah, but oh yeah, I, um, yeah, I ended up playing the the virtual memory shows. Or those were cool because um, uh, after Econ, I of course wanted to go to more shows, so I just started going to all the virtual memories. And that was a good time. And ended up playing a few of them. Hell yeah. We are we're overdue for another virtual memory. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think that's That'd the first time I met you, IRL. I remember seeing you in video chat. Really? Yeah, you brought me that balls, you remember? I think that was virtual memory. That might have been that kickback we did at <laughs> Groovy Kaiju's drink? place. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. you showed up and I was like, man, this motherfucker's way taller than I thought that he would be. <laughs> and uh I didn't think you were gonna bring it, and you did, and I was like, "Oh, that's so that's so sweet." Yeah, I I, I remember that now. Yeah, that was a um, good time. It was like October twenty, fucking twenty 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 one, maybe I don't remember. It's a good time. Oh damn. <clears throat> Down at FTG. Yeah, those shows were fun. Hell um, yeah. I would love to play more. If anyone books for shows, hit me up. Hell yeah, this I'm man, I can attest, down. puts on a great show, URL and IRL. Mm-hmm. D- I th- DJ sets or or live set. Mm-hmm. And he can use CDJs. Mm-hmm. CDJs. Nice. They're fun. That's always, well, that's always a plus. So, you, mm-hmm. oh, no, go ahead. Uh, no, no so, you go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. So, I'll ask him okay, the stupid questions later. 
So then, I mean, so how, so did you just reach out to Alex? Is that how you got involved in the shows? Is that how you eventually decided to, uh, you know, start getting involved in the IRL and the URL shows? You just kind of reached out to Alex? Yeah, I, um, well, I guess I just met Alex just through going to Virtual Memories. Oh, that's right. You were going to them. And, yeah, we, I mean, if you just go to enough of them and we just got to know each other and stuff. I was like, yo, throw me on some shows. I'm down to play. <laughs> Be sick. So I just ended up playing them like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, what was that? No, no. You, you keep talking. I, I was going to ask you a question about the, the next album you released. Though, but go on. Um, no, I, I forgot what I Six. No worries, my friend. Oh. Well, I just wanted to ask. I know that once you you put out the, the 2021 live album that you released with Alex, what was the biggest mm-hmm. change for you in in you know your songwriting technique or your production technique? What did you think? What did you do? Diff- what did you? How did you approach the next album? Um, do you you mean from like Superwave to 2021 live or? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, I guess basically like when I was doing Superwave, I was like, um. I was doing it like really like I was making like really simple songs sort of just like in my head I was like explaining it like just making like Daft Punk like loop loop things in my head like like little choruses I can just like repeat just so I can like write stuff around it and then when I was going into the second album I was um more so um I, I was trying to like songwrite it a little more and like flesh out ideas more and like I was trying to um make like I guess why I called it like 2021 live was because I I just kind of like made the like transitions I made like all the songs in there were like basically like my live edits that I was using at the time yeah and so like a lot of the songs have like really like drawn out intros and outros and stuff and like um yeah i guess most of the music i was making then was like or for that project was like made for my live set at the time okay mm, that's interesting um, makes sense so you were actually considering that as the component for, 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 oh yeah definitely um and yeah and yeah I, I really liked um i really wish i got to like play it a little bit more but um i feel like i have like a really like killer live set for like the pop culture stuff nice but it's kind of an annoying setup like like i already know like if i ever like play shows abroad or like away from home it's gonna be like so annoying <laughs> damn lots of equipment huh I know, just, yeah just like a decently sized midi keyboard and like i have to bring my apollo oh because my autotune runs off of the apollo and like, uh. i mean it's not the worst setup but i guess now that i'm i'm thinking about it it's really not i mean you bad, could have a setup like go. hotel <laughs> pools at econ 3 that guy had oh, a really? table full of shit. Yeah, it was just like hilarious. I didn't see that. 
It was hilarious yeah. how many things he had on the table. I'll post a picture later on and show you. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it could it could definitely be worse, but um, it's definitely um not as easy as just like CDJs. Right, which just is, drop a stick um, in. Oh yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, have you played any of those like Shrek raves or like SpongeBob raves or any of those? Be dumb, have fun. No. Like none of those. Do you want to? No, I haven't yet. Haven't yet. Um, That's a good answer. I I've told Nathan this. I'd be like so down to do like one or two. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would love four. to do like one Shrek rave, but I don't really want to like travel like that unless I'm like, right. I want to like DJ and like I want to like DJ my own music and stuff. But like I feel like yeah. if you're playing one of those. You gotta. Yeah, like you got to play a bunch of silly hits. shit and Daft Punk and you know dubstep. Yeah, all star, all Smash star. Mouth, all star. Yeah, no disrespect to Smash Mouth, all star. Yeah, absolutely. Mash up. Big rip. Chris, you want to get another good question question in real quick before we do our intermission? Yeah, I do. Um, so I know you mentioned that you have a lot of stuff coming up for a side project, but what is the next thing you want to do with pop culture? Um. It's a good question. Um, I have like two songs done right now. And that's just kind of where I'm sitting at with it. And then I think I might go back to like, maybe I'll like, I have some ideas. Maybe I'll go back to like house music or something for a bit. I vote yes. I have a lot of that stuff. You have re released um, like a one or two like kind of just straight up dance songs under pop culture, the pop culture name. Yeah, I have. I have like the Aqua Ultra. Yeah. Um. And like, I don't know. I bet I've been a little like unsure of like what to or how to like release most effectively. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I've been just like in my head on like a little mini hiatus just because. Yeah. Um. I wanted to like figure out a few things before I really like, like, I, I feel like I just wanted to like do it right when I, when I like come back, you know? Yeah. I understand. Hell yeah. I already didn't have like stuff to release going into 2023. <laughs> Basically. Unlike the other years where I like, I dropped albums. Yeah. 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 I had like full projects done. It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you guys don't mind, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we've got a, a lovely um, intermission uh, courtesy of Pacific Plaza Alex with a handful of album recommendations. And everybody uh, is welcome to go get a quick drink or uh, stick around and check out some recommendations and a hot take courtesy of Pacific Plaza. And when we come back, have some cool. questions ready for our man, Pop Culture. What's up, guys? Alex from Pacific Plaza Records and Vaporwave News Network here. Isaac asked me to recommend three albums, and I'm going to go with an old-school one. We got Biosphere by Cobalt Road and Stack Overflow, an amazing album that came out on Bedlam Tapes back in the day. We got Bloom by Simple Syrup that came out on Business Casual this year, one of my favorites of 2023. And then I'm going to, of course, recommend Luxury Elite Fashion Pop. The second edition is coming out on Pacific Plaza for the next Bandcamp Friday, and it is really one of the best albums of the year, so make sure you check that one out. He also asked me for a hot take, 
And I've been given a lot of hot takes on social media lately, but I think I'm gonna go with this one. Vaporwave is not dead. Pretty simple. Follow Pacific Plaza on Instagram, Twitter, and now Blue Sky, where I also have a Vaporwave News Network account. Doing a lot more posting over there, so come join us, get an invite from someone. And of course, remember to check out the label on Bandcamp, and you can also check out Vaporwave News Network on Spotify and your podcasting platform of choice. Have a good one, guys. And we're back, or I'm back. <laughs> Shout out, Pacific Plaza. Thank you so much for that insight, for those highly curated recommendations, especially from our very own luxury elite. Uh, while we're waiting for the boys to come back, quick shout out to a good friend of the show and good homie from the Discord server, Mr. Roge Corp. Uh, we've got a live stream URL event coming up that, that Roge Corp is putting on, and you can be ready to tune in on the 21st of October. 20-ish artists. Uh, lineup comes out sometime next week. I've seen it. It looks clean. Uh, some great heavyweights and some a great mixture of up-and-comers, friends, newbies, regulars. Um, Intermissions, uh, I'm just reading what he sent me. Intermissions with him and Van Gogh and friends on a couch behind a green screen. So anyway, should be a lot of fun. Uh, some emceeing uh, and some great artists. I wanted to participate, couldn't. Really wish that I'm kicking myself now. So October 21st, y'all tune in. Uh, Roj, if you're in the chat, go ahead and drop your Twitch or, or whatever if you're going to simulcast to YouTube. And y'all keep your ear to the ground for that hot lineup dropping sometime next week people are thirsting for dr chris here he goes he's back um guys go ahead and light up the chat with questions for pop culture we've got a whole hour where you can ask the man anything you want and as you know i will ask it most of the time i will ask it i'm gonna go ahead and start off with a, a wild card um what is something that you sure. what's up you ready? Said, sure. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, thanks for the link, Lux. Much obliged. Um, what would be something that uh, that you would recommend that we do to make this show better? Um, I always thought like you should um do the generic podcaster thing of like chopping up clips and like posting that to Instagram. Oh yeah. Like, if yeah. Some yeah. Someone I says something spicy. Yeah. yeah. If if it weren't so if, if I weren't so stupid when it comes to video editing software and if it weren't so time intensive, I would. Pacific Plaza, mm -hmm. man, he's getting he's getting his dick sucked tonight. He is so good at that with Vaporwave <laughs> News Network. And I wish yeah, that great. I was better at that. Shout out Pacific Plaza. Um Oh yeah. You're absolutely right. Especially like on TikTok. Yeah. I should really be mm -hmm. taking advantage of that. That is the thing to do, right? It is the thing to yeah. ju du jour. Oh, where did I put my glasses? Oh, Probably some sorry. AI Damn. program that can just do it. Oh, this is a great one. Mm -hmm. Molo360, what do you think holds you back the most when it comes to making music? Oh, wow. She also question. says she's curious Damn. what the hosts will recommend. So let's let's hear from Pop Culture first, and then I'm sure you have some thoughts on that, Skelly. I probably do. From just making music... Like, yeah, what holds you back? I guess just like in general. For a while, it was just like my job sucked. Oh, and long hours or just being on demand, <laughs> being wore out. Brutal hours, 
brutal hours, uh, shitty boss, all the above, like, <laughs> all, yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. I don't know, lately, like, yeah, I was kind of talking about it a little bit earlier, but, like, it's kind of like, I feel like it's been really hard writing pop music or, like, mm. stuff I would call, like, pop culture music lately, like, yeah. Ah, it's, it, I feel like that's been like a huge drag, which I've just like gotten out of like a couple days ago because I really like really? some of the new, new stuff wow. I've been working on. That's yeah. great, dude. We love to hear it. I mean, that's that's the best <laughs> thing, too, is like when you actually do break through the wall and write something you like. I mean, that's the best inspiration to keep doing more, right? Mm-hmm. Hell like yeah. yeah! Take advantage of it while you can. Like, is like you take advantage of that whole like, oh fuck, I just did something I enjoy. I gotta, I, I'm clearly in the right headspace. Let me do a little bit more. And see if I can get some more done. Yeah, like last night, I like I wrote this, I wrote this song, and it was like, yeah. it's like a total like banger. And nice. I don't know. It's just so like, like I don't know. It's like cathartic. Like I feel like I was like getting it out of me. It was like, I, I haven't had great, like, though. I haven't like written like a, like a banger like that in a while where like, get like hyped on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like. That's a great feeling, but I, I love to hear that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It was great. Um, Skelly, it, I think it, it Monica wants to, to know <laughs> what holds you back from making music as well. She asked about the, oh, the hosts. Biggest thing that oh. holds you back. Um, just like doing something and being like, I hate it, throwing it away, <laughs> starting over. That's I don't make uh, music, but doesn't yeah. feel doesn't overly feel critical. Close enough to who I, what I want to portray. I got so you. I'm happy, okay. with, I'm happy with this new album I wrote. So yeah, when are you gonna drop that shit? Oh, you're I such a tease. To fire tools, and then that, I'll do that this. I gotta do that this week for the mastering. Do you guys ever feel They've like you do um, it one time? And Nikki and that. What's that? Do, do you guys ever feel like you are way too hypercritical or like your your brain is too focused on like minor mistakes? You know, just something like 100%. that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because the amount yeah. of people with like like who are just like I don't know, it's like average i guess who are just like wildly overconfident god like, yeah there's a name bro. for that skelly what's that the dunning kruger effect <laughs> where people that right. don't know shit think they're get the they're like experts yeah. and mm-hmm. then the people that are like mid-range in skill realize that there's a lot that they still need to know and learn and then the real experts are like i don't know shit <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh man oh we got some good mm-hmm. questions in chat uh molo also wants to know if you're coming to brazil anytime soon asking for a friend I wish. I'm gonna need. That's the I, second time she's brought up Brazil. Gonna need to get to in Brazil. on that joke. Van Gogh brought it up too. Uh, Pacific Plaza. Biggest difference in culture in California versus Minnesota, or other places you lived. We got into that a little bit before the show started. Where are you originally from? Tell us mm-hmm. about it. I'm from Minneapolis, and which I heard is actually pretty lit. Yeah. Yeah. Minneapolis is amazing um, if you can handle the winters. Right. Because yeah. those are no joke. But yeah. um, 
it's a great place to like live long term there's so many like you can bike anywhere in the city no problem with like amazing bike paths madison and, like i noticed walk all like over that. Mm-hmm. oh we yeah talked there's, about that there's a lot of earlier cities too. in the midwest that are really great to live um yeah it's like like if you like naturey stuff like there's so much like fresh water all that in yeah. minneapolis and like the city's beautiful and i feel like rent is pretty chill there too about as chill um, as it can be seems like it's 1300 yeah. for a one bed everywhere right now so yeah basically um but yeah i guess uh the question was like differences between la and minneapolis right yeah they are they are lighting the chat up we are we're about four deep right now so that is a great question benefits and drawbacks Um, between minneapolis la and anywhere else you've lived um i guess like being in la it's like very like i feel like there's like a lot of like music industry jobs and just like random like jobs like that out here and like opportunities that you wouldn't get in minnesota um facts i've kind of enjoyed it for that um but outside of that um i actually do enjoy i like living in la like i think it's pretty chill I, I honestly especially the area we're in. Mm-hmm. I know it's expensive, that, but mm-hmm. the area Nathan and I are in, Nathan, Monica and I are in, is like very low key. We're not even that far away from like downtown or like Hollywood. Nice. And we don't have like insane rent or anything either. Right. It's that's good, chill. dog. That's that's a rarity for LA. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are yeah, well, drowning like, in questions, but anyways, go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off there, bud. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's like really like, like yeah, it's really expensive in LA, but like people just be moving to like the worst, most gentrified neighborhood and pay mm-hmm. like thirty five hundred a month in rent, and then start complaining about it. And it's like, yo, you don't have to live in like in West Hollywood or like no shit right <laughs> fucking Santa Monica I don't know or whatever. I don't, yeah you don't have to live in the most expensive area in in LA like what are you doing just live <laughs> in Glendale <laughs> right just Facts. live in like I don't know uh Glassell Park it's a great area rent is there, there's a lot of, like, chill areas, like, five minutes outside of the city. <laughs> but they have to be in the city, huh? Uh, I don't know. It's just something I've noticed. Interesting. I'm sure it's, it's an interesting culture out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lu- it, it's definitely interesting. Luxury Elite wants to know, if you are, mm-hmm. if you can imagine you're creating a pop culture con, who would be on your lineup? Oh my god. That's a fun one. Dang. Um 
I don't even know who I'd book for that. I would just like... I guess just like me and all, all the friends, all, all the homies. Uh, <laughs> dang, I, I, I feel like I get that like anxiety when like someone says like, oh, who's your favorite artist? And I right. want to pick one, and I'm like, right, dude, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's you too know? too hard to pick one. Yeah, but dang, can I come back to that? Can yes, like sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's a great no, question. No, no, Shout out Lux for the good question. We'll move on to a simpler one. It, um, it's a great question. I'm just like not prepared for it. <laughs> um. Roche Corp wants to know where you came up with the name Pop Culture. I have no idea. I, like, picked it at some point in, like, 2016 and just, like, rocked with it. But I don't even remember why I picked that name at all. <laughs> I wish I had a better answer to that, but I really don't. Hey, sometimes, I mean... <laughs> Drink Your Tears, I don't know if you're familiar with the synth-pop artist, came up with the name. It's a mm -hmm. gamer tag. Because it's really? something people would say like to like piss people off if they beat them in a, in a sh you know, shooter-type game. Ah, Drink Your Tears. Mm -hmm. So, hey. Not everybody has this like grandiose cool origin one. story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Monica also wants to know, what is your music turn-on? What makes a song sound good to you? That's an excellent question. Hmm. Molo 360 podcast win. Yeah, that is a good question. I just like like crazy shit. Just like shit where like like you can tell they were like like on something weird. Like I don't know. Like I don't know how to describe it. You can you can always tell when something's like extremely like derivative. Um, you can always tell when something's just like, just like sort of like a copy of something else. Or yeah. Like, you can yeah. kind of hear where people's like influences come in, but then every once in a while you hear something. Yeah. Sometimes you just hear something that's like way out of like left field and like mm. just crazy. Like I love shit like that. Like I really like this album. I just saw it on my Spotify, uh, like Memo Boy. Um, it's just like song demo songs and demos from 2015 to 2017. It's just like a bunch of like crazy, like weird, I guess it's like breakcore, but Oh, I love breakcore. It sounds dude. like, yeah, it's just like mad weird and lo-fi and like the chord progressions are like really weird. And you might have to put me on that shit. It sounds fun. It's really like abstract but like also like approachable i really like that album yeah you're um, gonna have to put me on that yeah memo boy memo boy i'm really starting good. to discover that like i'm a sucker for a really good melody and i really like specific sound fonts and textures like if something's really vibey and just has a sound that like tickles something in my brain uh, like particularly if there's a lot of echo for whatever reason like I really love dub I really love deep house and just stuff that's like influenced mm -hmm. by that that has a lot of echo couldn't tell you why 
but it's it's been incredibly mm-hmm. validating to finally like I'm not very good with words, <laughs> and it's been really validating Slapped to like away. figure out oh there's a pattern this is what I like you know, but that's mm-hmm. that's sick. Um, yeah, ain't Pepsi with a really great uh, question wants to know about the influence Ooh. of Chill Wave on your tunes. Um, yeah. Says uh, he says your sounds are warm in the way the best late 2000s, early 2010s tunes are. I concur. Oh, yeah. I concur as well. I feel like... I I don't know if I, like, listen to, like, Chill Wave. Or, uh, can you, like, name some... That that makes it even cooler. uh, Empire of the Sun. So, Neon Indian, Toroi Moi. I always always have some vibes from that. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I love all of that stuff. I'm so bad with small like, black. Actually, Who's the other big um, one? Neon yeah. Indian, uh, washed out, um, mm-hmm. stuff like Keep that. Keep Shelly. Who's the other big one? Neon Indian, washed out. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I listen to tons of Tori Moi. Oh yeah, Toro. Toro. I remember seeing him when it was just him and a keyboard. That guy's real skilled. He has blown the fuck mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. His new house album was like really good too, or the one from like I think like 2020. Anyway, that yeah. was great. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so, ain't Pepsi wanted to know like if if that has influenced your work, you know, if or if it's just something you kind of want to listen to and didn't necessarily affect your output. I feel like it it definitely did for like Superwave and like. I guess the first two albums, like 2021 Live and Superwave. Because um, I, I guess, like, in my head, I was just, like, sampling from that whole, like, era of, like, indie electronica and, like, uh, right. Chill Wave. And, yeah, I was, like, heavily influenced by it because um, I listened. I used to, like, listen to a lot of music like that, but I never, like, made any of it when I was like in high school because i was just like so focused on like i was just so into like electronic in like making like dubstep stuff back then i like never really like tried or like made any like pop music or anything but i definitely listened to a lot of it back then and then ended up coming back to it but yeah nice Damn, people are just naming off acts in the chat. This is fun. Um, Molo360, breaking it down. <laughs> what are your favorite artists and why? Favorite artists? Oh, yeah. yeah you don't um, have to just pick one. Yeah, who, who, who's, off. who's, who's one that's your favorite artist? Dang. Uh, Skrillex. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just so good. Um, I listened to a ton of Linkin Park. Um, Interesting. Growing up, I listened to was so that the first band that, that right. you really liked a lot? One of them for sure. Um, you and then Rail then must get along very well then as roommates. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We like we listened to like all the same music growing up, except for like That's so a funny. few. Like, we definitely like disagree on some. What do you guys disagree yeah. on? What do you guys disagree on? What's a, what's a what's a point of contention? What's a band uh, you guys he like? says, 
He says old Eminem's whack. It's not. It was like, <laughs> bro, back then, like, that shit. Yeah, like, finding Eminem, like, for the first time in, like, 2003, or I don't even know when I found found him. That was crazy. <laughs> I listened to that, like, I, I don't so know, much. man. I His voice is kind of strident. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it, it was. But I guess it's an acquired. Like, I don't know. It's such a like time capsule, though, for me. Yeah, very much so. Like that's yeah. I, I definitely agree. It doesn't age well. But like you can't like release music like that today. But it was like <laughs> for that era. I feel like it was like I guess just being really young, growing up with Eminem. It was like so funny like um like it was just such a big part of my childhood and like i i feel like that like really shaped a lot of like how i listen to music too like just listening to that on like um just listening to um eminem like on my cd player and stuff I don't know if I explained that very well. No, no, no. But, I feel that. I feel that. They're they're roasting me in the chat mm-hmm. for saying that Eminem's voice is strident. It oh, is. Y'all Google it. that. <laughs> Y'all Google that shit. I'm trying to get on Skelly's level and use those SAT words. That was good. Pacific mm-hmm. Plaza, actually. Uh, he Big said, words. you named a song Aquaculture. What is your favorite water feature? Oh, I love nature? that song, too. That's a really fun one, by the way. It's a really great, qu- oh, great question. What is song. your favorite water feature found in nature? Oh, that's, that's interesting. Water feature? Water um, feature. Dang, uh, waterfalls are cool, I guess. You should uh, you should start um, a C-Punk side project. All you have to do is dye yeah, your hair green or blue, and you're already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. What's, like, C-Punk? You just, like... <laughs> like a dude, just there never really was, like, a cohesive... <laughs> yeah, just a... It was just, like... Like, electronic music with fucking steel drums and, and dolphin sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Some of it some of it kind of fucked, but, but most of it was just... I don't know. Call me... Splash Club 7 just never, ever smacked. Sorry. <laughs> um, Mishka After Dark... Me, yeah, Mishka. What genre of music or bands did you gravitate towards in childhood? Oh, that... I think we already addressed that, but that's a great question. Mm. Do you think it has had any major impact on your music now? So you mentioned Eminem, you mentioned Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. I guess I... I don't really know. I, I li- used to listen to like a lot of like pop music that was just like on the iTunes charts. I feel like that stuff is, like, really ingrained in my head. Give I listen to a lot of, like, Lil Wayne, The Carter Three. Give you, I like, like a, um, a radio sensibility. Yeah. I I just, like... Yeah, I, I love just, like, going on iTunes and, like, buying singles and, like, albums and just, like, listening to them. Like, that was a lot Respect. of, like, where I listened to music as a child. Like so that, that was your iPod your Nano. crate digging method back then. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah. I wish I had like Lime LimeWire or whatever it was. Or like 
Was it LimeWire? Yeah, well, Lime there Wire? were so many. There was Napster, LimeWire. <laughs> I mean, there was um, I didn't really Pure, know pure Volume. It. But Pure Volume was, like, totally legal. People would put... Do you remember Pure Volume, Skelly? People would put, like, their, their oh, MP3s yeah. up there mm-hmm. for you to download for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when, when your way of acquiring music was downloading MP3s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot more work. But, uh, but you know, it had its benefits. It had its drawbacks, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Run it up, chat. Keep them coming. You guys have done so well. Uh, while we wait for some more questions from the chat, um, let me just ask you. What is the single best way for your fans to support you right now? Um... Dang, book me for any show. Mm. Book him for shows. I'm, I'm so down. Are you comfortable um, talking about I what you require? In LA. What's that? Are you comfortable talking about what you require? Oh, uh, I guess just like hit me up. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's pretty vague. But I really do just want to like play more shows. I don't really know how exactly I'll, I'll like get out. Right. <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but Do you have any, uh... I'm hopefully traveling some more, so maybe I'll, like, be in some cities. Right. Um, like, at the end of... at Around the end of the year. But, yeah. Do you have any merch um, or, like, artist copies of any albums that you, um, that you can link us to? Oh, definitely. I have t-shirts and hats available on my band camp. Bet. Um, and Naoko Coed and Lux have been great about blowing up that link. So if y'all oh, yeah, like pop culture, so absolutely, yeah, these these ladies are, are the real ones. If you like pop culture, yep, follow that link. Thanks, Lux. Buy, mm-hmm. buy his merch. Hit up, hit up the, any one of my socials. Quiz with a but, great question. What do you yeah. think about stage presence live? Like, what to you mm. makes a good live show that you want oh, to see question. others? I knew you would like that question, Skelly. It is a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, um, like, I guess just like, I mean, like, it sounds so dumb, but just like being like fun or like, I have like two things. I feel like, I feel like just like being like fun and energetic is like cool live but um i feel like there's a lot of artists who like really know how to make like a live set like flow really well and yeah. i i like when like um like an artist really knows how to like make a live set that like with no like lulls or anything and like They've like really thought no breaks. through like how all the how all the transitions or I mean not even necessarily like no breaks, but like no just like I think I understand um, what you mean. No filler. Yeah, like yeah, yeah no just filler. Wall to wall bangers the whole time. <laughs> Timing the drops yeah. right. Yeah, good point, Nathan. Like just like really strong. I love one like you can tell like everything is like has been like thought of and like it's just like really strong and interesting transitions and like passages between different 
Well, that leads me to a a question, something that's kind of been talked about a lot Mm -hmm. lately before we get back to chat questions. Um, There's been a lot of talk. I think Dead Mouse maybe was talking about like over preparing DJ sets like pre-planning okay. or pre-recording oh, even. Yeah. And some people yeah. literally admitted, they were like, yeah, it's pre-recorded. How else am I supposed to jump up and down and pump my fists and not make mistakes it's, in front of thousands well, of people? So I want to know what both of you think, but especially pop culture. Oh, like, where talked, on the scale I, of preparation I, I, is acceptable? Before. Is it okay to have a crate? Is it okay to have a general uh, idea? Right. Wait, is it okay to record the whole thing first, and press play? I get, I get it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can you can go first. I wanna I wanna like Google something on this. Yeah, go for like, it. Real quick. Um, okay, for what those guys at the big EDM festivals, those are like most of those people are not even DJs. They've never DJed they're producers. Their life in a club. They're producers, and I think I said about this before. It's yeah, we like, did talk um, about this before. They talk about this. They've done the producer. He goes to his studio and he does the work ahead of time. And that includes those big sets that you see live at the EDM festivals because they don't just sound like the songs they made. They're these like crazy versions of all the songs combined all into like yeah, one hour long true. experience. And it goes up and it's down and it tells you a story and there are visuals for it and they organize a whole laser show and fireworks and shit and whatever the fuck else and fire and all kinds of other stuff. So it is them basically presenting to you an experience. You know what I mean? It's a whole yeah. presentation. Uh, it's a demonstration of what they have come up with and they're playing their movie for you. And there's really no other way to explain what a producer does most of the time, aside from putting them behind a, an obvious uh, archetype that you would understand, like DJ decks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what it is, man. It's a spectacle. And I don't I don't think any of them are playing shit live for the most part. Most of them aren't, you know what I mean? Because they're craving a spectacle. And at the end of the day, those yeah. big EDM festivals, you can't even see the dude. He's on a he's tiny, yeah. he's the size it's of about an the ant, visuals. There's giant screens behind it's no about the spectacle, the visuals, the sound comp the composition of the sound that it's all put together, the big speakers, You're right. the audience the dressed total in their little outfits. Experience. It's the immersive experience. So I don't expect those guys to really do anything up there. And I don't care because that's not what it's about. Absolutely. Now now they can, they can do stuff, you know what I mean? And even if, and even the ones who do stuff, how much can you fucking do? It's just you up there, you know what I mean? Like, you True. can do a few things. You can't but play like, all the fucking instruments. This isn't, you can't. You, this is, this is like, so, you know, you've got to do a lot of work ahead of time. So because you're not doing that much, probably, they probably spend several hours and days and day, and weeks and months organizing this story to tell up there, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, okay, it's like if you want to be uh, attractive to uh, a girl sometimes you do all the work ahead of time before you approach the girl you went and you yeah you got, work you out the job you worked out you made <clears throat> got some cool clothes you practice what you're gonna say you do, like <laughs> you know what i mean like you gave you up your stab made some friends you planned a date and like you planned an idea of what to do and then you approach the girl and that's like that's how you made yourself a dress so it's like that it's like you did all the work ahead of time but like so like you know that's that's just that's kind of like you know so if you're not going to do that much then you should do a lot beforehand you know what I mean yeah, and then come for sure. and, and show and show everybody your movie and you know what I mean and you'll only show play that movie. movie you're only going to play that movie one time because you'll do it like for like a year and then you got to make a new movie you know what I mean <laughs> so I don't know it's not like seeing a live band it's a different paradigm and that's my view Facts. so I think like one of the points Dead Mouse makes in that little clip, because like I, I feel like I see that clip like every single day on YouTube. Like that's why I brought I'm it pretty up. Pretty sure, yeah. He says like, um, 
he says basically the point like, oh, you think just all those visuals are just like timed like that? Yeah. And I just wanted to say like, you can totally, like I had to just Google this real quick to just to like fact check myself before I say it. But like, you can 100% just send like SMPTE time code out of CDJs and have every visual and light synced. So, oh, like, really? Interesting. Yeah. I like, did not know that. And, shit, this guy knows yeah, his shit. Yeah, you basically... Yeah, so, like, that's how, like, um, visuals are, like, synced in sets. It's through this thing called, like, Time Code, which sounds like a, like a harsh noise song. And, like, it, they, like, <laughs> run an XLR from the stage to the front of house. And then there's, like, a dude on a... There's All Hell Breaks Loops on a, all hell breaks loops. On a yeah. laptop. We need to get him yeah. on here. And then Yeah, we do. We him, do. Yeah. There's an LD who um, runs all the lights for the shows. And So basically the time code yeah, like waits know. for like spikes in the audio, like kicks and stuff, and it like times it that way, kinda sorta. Nah, so but like probably way more complex than that. Or it's weird. So like each song essentially will get like a specific like number. And it, like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, you'll put uh, Pop Culture California will be on hour one. And then, like, you'll hit play on California, and it will play, like, the time code in sync. And then the lighting person will just sync to that time code hour, Bad. essentially. But, like, I don't know. I feel like Dead Mouse's point was, like, very weird. And I think it might just be because, like, he's not a CDJ user at all, so he wouldn't know. Really? That. I didn't know no, that. He, he like runs like a he has like a crazy like rig in like setup where he like runs like 3D models live. Yeah, like, probably the ironic thing about him saying he's that like is like an Apex twin mother. The ironic thing about him saying that is probably he's one of the guys who probably does do a lot of stuff up there. Right. Yeah, his That's setup is like sick, so overly technical that he doesn't even yeah. know. Is it, like even though he's kind of a douche, he's a really really intelligent and skilled individual. My he, God, he has been that way since like day one. Of yeah, his, like career is mm-hmm. kind of, It's kind of like he has a right a to be as, as I've been following him wants. for a long time. He's been like an angry. He's extremely uh, skilled. Kind of an angry nerd since day one. <laughs> yeah, angry <laughs> nerd. Well said. Well, what about like, you? What about for technical. your own personal use? When you go play a show, when you go DJ. What kind of preparation do you bring? Is it is it Are a crate? Is it pre-recorded? DJing is it somewhere in the middle? Back. Well, DJing I feel like it's back. different when you're playing your own music. Oh, that, if you're yeah. doing if you're DJing a gig, do you have like a general idea of like a chain of songs you want to use? Songs that mm-hmm. you know you want to end with that song and start with that song and everything else is just kind of you know. Do you read the crowd? Do you have the whole thing pre-planned? Because you mentioned interesting blends were important i have like um i don't know i guess i sort of do go in like a very specific order um djing but like i'll switch out songs all the time yeah especially if it's like something you're really familiar with mm -hmm. i I guess i just like practice a lot of djing and just try to find like like as many like weird transitions or as many like Hell interesting yeah. transitions as i can nice. like pretty cool and then when like a imagine show you do that too isaac find really cool transitions i try do. man i'm a little bit more of an over preparer mm-hmm. but the more you practice i mean the more you can do it on the fly right you know your material mm-hmm. you can also just wing it too <laughs> yeah like yeah i feel like djing is very forgiving and like yeah. people don't notice your mistakes 
No, they really, really don't. I, I, I uh, thought it was the opposite. <laughs> I, unless, I was, unless they're really way more than when you're doing a live show. Unless they're really bad, but like a lot of times you can just like, um, you can just like wash it out and like hit the next song. Yeah, Dude, I was watching uh, a lo-fi house artist <laughs> called point. Monolithic um, totally fuck mm-hmm. up a beat match. Just, just, just smacked a beat match all the way up, and it like nobody. It doesn't matter, you know. Like yeah. exactly, throw the high pass filter on, go into the next song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just smile, exactly. laugh at yourself, and go on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We've got a backlog of questions, but thanks for humoring yeah. me. Um, Rose Corp specifically wants to know what you have going on in March of next year. Is this a inside thing? March of next year, I have no idea. All right. Um, something I'm good. Up for whatever, though. Hopefully, <laughs> plan more shows. Mm-hmm. Molo, Hopefully, plan more shows. When are you going to put together a show in LA? Um. I tried to for a bit, but this one venue was like not about it. But damn, hopefully soon. I'm I'm starting um, to think I need to get my feet wet, but I'm scared I'll fuck something up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I just gotta hit up some more places around LA. I'm sure one of them will take us, but um, I'm not sure I'm the best at like setting, being the person that like sets up shows. You're really technically um, savvy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tech technical stuff like I've I've been to some shows, buddy. That they got the venue, they got the soft open, they got the hard open, but like they don't know how to set up shit. And the sound guy is a typical sound guy. So just yeah. saying, you'd be an indispensable for that. Yeah, I do. Like, um, I'm thinking about getting it more into live sound because. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's like a lot of opportunities in there, um, and like I, I already, I've like learned like all sorts of like engineering stuff already yeah. that I could easily apply to. Yeah, it, but, that's invaluable. Um, yeah, I'm just like enjoying my current gig quite a bit, so I'm not really like trying to leave that yeah maybe at some point you'll get a little but, little break maybe you'll you'll get those creative juices flowing and you'll want to you know try something new out mm-hmm. when the time is right definitely oh yeah. lex is asking a strip silence favorite shout out strip silence um rank these three things in terms of importance album art album title and album track titles album art number one um album title number nice. two and song titles number three. I guess. Your your album artwork I, is I always feel like on album point. art is like everything though. Yeah, real shit. You're not wrong. I mean I picked up so many albums in the late two thousands just based on how they looked. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So many albums. <laughs> but this was back in the day where if it looked like somebody made it on a like, scrapbook, it would be good. Mm-hmm. Monica with the banger questions. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, Monica wants to know oh, did also. She have another one? Yeah, she's got a lot of them. What is honestly all of the banger questions are coming from Monica? Come on, you guys. Uh, what is the biggest okay. event you would like to be a part of one day? Like, would you like to play Coachella or EDC um, Electronicon? Yeah, I would love to um, 
I would love to like do like the festival circuits or like just like play some bigger like I love music festivals. They're like so fun, especially like the electronic mm-hmm. ones. Like Yeah, I love those too. Um, I have a great time with those. <laughs> yeah, I would love to like play a music festival. Um, I would be intimidated but excited. Yeah. They they just look like mad fun. What genre would you like to be able to make but so far can't, but has struck your interest? Like, would you like to make Linkin Park adjacent music or something other than what you've been diving into so far? Um, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I could write whatever music I wanted to if I wanted to. <laughs> but I just feel like... Um, I feel like it's, like, hard to, like, work on stuff if, like, my heart's not in it. In it. You have to write what feels like you. That's kind of... Yeah, good point. Right mm-hmm. with, you, you know, I think, yeah, I think we can... You know, people can, can become a producer. Eventually, you know, you can figure, like, you know, I could probably do this. I could probably do that. But it's, mm-hmm. like, you gotta only... You gotta write what feels like you. You know what I mean? And not get too distracted by the stuff that, like, you could do but might waste your time. Yeah definitely good point uh like, some good ones coming down the pipeline sincere. want your art to be sincere mm-hmm. monica also would like to know what the worst music you've ever heard is thank you i love that oh question. wow <laughs> the worst the worst music yeah you need to shit Please. on something before these two hours are over oh bruh i don't even know what to um Damn, let me let me think about that one for a bit. You can come I feel back like up. I know some like horrible shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you want to come back around to that one, that's cool. Um, Pacific Plaza, this is, might be easier one. What is your favorite subgenre of vaporwave, and what is your least favorite subgenre of vaporwave? Um, sheesh. Um. I feel like I'm not that crazy on classical vaporwave because it's just like I don't know unless it's done like really really well like sometimes it just kind of sounds like it's like um, or not like not like the classics classics but like some of the like more like recent ones or like like newer ones um, sometimes it sounds like it's, like, trying way too hard to sound like some of the, like, classic Vaporwave albums. I feel that. But, like, it's been done enough. Um, yeah. That's a pretty hot um, one, buddy. Bubba Boyo. I forgot. Oh, I, I thought of something for, like, what was the question? Like, least favorite artist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worst music. Least favorite genre? Yeah. I don't, like, really hate his music or anything, but I feel like... I don't know. I just like don't like Fred again. Bruh. Like just vibe wise. <laughs> Man, I don't think I've ever heard Fred again. I, what does I feel it sound like that's like? my one hater opinion. I just like ah. <laughs> uh, so many people have been on me. Like, I, you know what? It's like 
Go on, go off, go off, go off. Shout out Roche Court. It's just like, like I, I actually like do like like some of his songs. It's just like punchable Damn. face. Bruh, like, I wish I knew. That's what does it for me. Um, don't like him. Who is Freddie? Who what does got, his music sound people like? People who got punchable face energy. Like I can't <laughs> do that, bruh. <laughs> that's so funny. So like you like his music, you like some of his music, but he's got a punchable face. So fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. Never. Yeah, fuck that guy, so man. see, there's an argument to forget stay about, anonymous. He's doing fine. You don't have to. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. For no, that no, way. no. I'm, I'm joking around about yeah. anonymity and vaporwave. No, I mean, doing, yeah. Nobody knows like, what your face looks like. They won't say oh, you have a punchable good. face. That's too funny. <laughs> it's just something about. Yeah, just something about like his face. Who else? My my mic is shitting itself. Who else has mega punchable face energy? Um, Hobo Johnson. I don't know. Hobo Johnson. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Who's that one video game YouTuber? Yeah, a lot of the like TikTok artists, dude. Like, yeah, pretty much all TikTok artists. Yeah, bro. I I feel like like. I could have made like way more money or like, okay. So I moved to LA and like, okay. I just like ate shit in LA. Cause I just like worked the shittiest jobs ever and shit. Yeah. But I feel like I could have made like way more money if I just worked with like all these like TikTok core, like punchable face artists. Dude, but, like, John Tron has a punchable face. Thank you. I would punch <laughs> the shit out of John Tron. Can't do that shit. No, no, known racist John Tron. Yes. Oh, is he a racist? Oh, great. No, there's a whole thing. Oh, I had no fucking idea. <laughs> you don't have to look too hard. I, I socked the fuck out of Blippy <laughs> too. Let me add him. No, I mean I, 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 I love the, I love the old John Tron videos. There's just a, a pretty hilarious. I think Oliver Tree's funny, really, but you know, really put his foot in his mouth several times. This is Oliver fun. Tree, who yeah. else? Who else is? Who else is punchable? Chat. <laughs> Somebody said Young Bay. <laughs> Young <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you're right. <laughs> I, I agree with that take. <laughs> oh, oh, my. oh man, let's move on. Um, oh wait a minute, you said your you said your least favorite subgenre of vaporwave. What's your favorite? Uh, favorite. Yeah. Um. Echo jams. Nice. The album, or I guess just like the concept of that in general, but. I, I really like Echo Jams. I go back to that album like all the time. I guess that's not really a genre. Is that a genre? Yeah. My yeah. only thing is I feel like Echo Jams is really similar to Classic Vapor, no? Yeah. Or I guess like I guess when I say like Classic Vapor, I guess I just mean like People still making it in twenty twenty three. I guess there's a yeah. there's a difference. There's guess, a difference. I gotta I say, I'm kind of with you on that. People who don't do a lot of sample digging. Or it's like, people who just like, oh, I'm gonna do the same Greek statue, but put no twist on it. Right, I'm gonna flip Midas you know, Touch. It's like, oh cool, you made another album with a Greek statue, and you didn't add any interesting ideas to it. There, cool. there's 
no names, but there's this one know. artist that I've actually been kind of vibing on, but he uses all the samples that somebody else already used. I swear to God, it's unreal. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what it is later. He's not super well known, so I don't want to like, you know, but it's just like, bro. It's like, also, it's just like, yo, you can, you can sample like anything. There's a billion songs you can sample. Yeah. Like, you don't have to just like sample, sample the what, whispers. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like you can sample. There's so much like weird shit and like shit you can do with sampling in mm, general. Yeah. And then like people just like sample the same city pop. Um, yeah. What's that one artist love. name? Like, Henry. Like shit like that. It's like, what do Dude, you do? Dude, that's why I love Christ, I, because that guy will sample anyone. He's got, like, multiple mm-hmm. Ford and Low Patton sample songs, whatever. He'll sample anything. I click. Those guys sample hella shit that nobody else is sampling. And Quiz just started making stuff that samples, like, yeah. music from India. Like, Dope. I don't want to use the wrong terminology, but, like, Bollywood music. It's just like, okay, this is cool. Shout like, out all you guys that are taking things in a different direction. Obscure, interesting world music. Oh yeah, and no shade to classic Absolutely. vapor, but it's cool to people that are like trying new shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Or just good chops yeah, and loops. Cyan Blue uses it. a lot of stuff that's been sampled a lot, but he and I know I'm a big Cyan Blue fanboy, but he like chops it really well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, great answer, bud. Great answer. Um, quiz, <laughs> again, quiz with a great question. What's an album that you love in a genre that you don't generally enjoy? An album that I love? I'm going to pull up Spotify again. Like a, like a left field, like you normally don't like that music, but you love this album. Oh, oh like something left field? Not necessarily. You know what I mean, like. Like something that people wouldn't expect you to love. Um. Oh, there's this artist named Beef who has like, Beef. he has like eight full length projects that are all like monkey themed, <laughs> like <laughs> like full projects. Like in every song, it's like monkey, ape escape, monkey mania, boing, uh. You like, need to put me on they're, some they're shit. They're all monkey songs. They're sick. You need to put I, me I on some shit. It sounds like you are a hell of a crate digger. I was going to be like, The Killer's Hot Fuss is pretty good, but I don't usually fuck with power pop music. But that's a way better answer. Mm-hmm. Damn. I, I'm bad at, like, thinking off the top of my head. Oh, I finally got into Blank Banshee. Oh, nice. Finally, Blank okay. Really so, <laughs> like, good, what right? are your new album? Yeah, man. Good. Okay, you liked 4D, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't yeah, big was on really 4D. Um, I'm glad he finally oh, like released. Uh, I think it's oh, called good. Tracer. I'm glad he fucking finally released that song because he played it live like six years ago, and it was never out. The studio version was oh, really? never. Yeah, it's like second to last track, and it fucks. But mm. what what are what other albums by him do you like? Um, I haven't gone back into the old stuff yet, but I oh, really yeah, that can't album. wait to hear what you think of uh, Mega and BB One. Mm-hmm. I know I, I got to do it. Yeah, I'm, Skelly I'm plays late. Teen Pregnancy a lot, well, unless you've moved on. I don't know. I always love that song. 
just fun. It's just fun. It's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Big into um. Oh wait, I just passed it. I already said Memo Boy. Uh, big into Alex G. Oh nice. Okay. Yeah. Love Great. Alex G. Um. I don't know what else. Oh, Nathan's got a good one. What is your guilty pleasure music? Guilty pleasure music? Oh, sheesh. You already kind of mentioned um, you used to listen to a bunch of pop. I mean, there's nothing wrong with... I wouldn't call that a guilty pleasure, but... Oh, I love <clears throat> pop. Yeah. I like the... Um... Dang. Um... Oh, wait, I had an answer, but then I forgot what it was. I, I love just like cheesy music. Me too, bud. I love like Stan Bush, In general. Howard yeah. Jones, just just fucking Eddie Van Halen. I love like fist pumping eighties anthems. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <clears throat> oh, definitely. Do you feel guilty listening to dubstep? Mm, no, like, do I feel like? Dubstep is just like, like it's so cheesy, but it's just so like, um, I, don't know, I guess I kind of used to feel like a little cheesy for listening to it for a bit, but like, ah, uh, it, it just slaps. It's just so good. <laughs> oh my god, I've Mon- been listening to so much uh, Marada. Everyone should look up Marada Heave. Marada Heave. It's like. Like, okay, like, there's, like, dubstep, of course, and there's, like, everyone in the dubstep scene, but, like, Marada is just, like, like, 20 times more, like, aggressive than everyone in the dubstep scene. His his music is just, like, um, like, like Marauder, I don't know how to describe Marauder, it. Gotcha. Marauder, it's, like, it's, like, it's drill like just, music? No, it's just, like, the most, like, clipped, like, aggro, like, dubstep ever. And oh gosh. it's such, his music is so crazy. Like, and it's like, you look at the waveform and it's just like Marotta a brick. Heath. Oh, yeah, it's, it's totally. Like, it's compressed so all the hell. Bricked. Yeah. <laughs> bricked the like, fuck up. We, he's, oh like, my pushing God. the Great question. The is it like Lil Texas? On, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like. No, I. I feel like it's like more like. I feel like it's like, even like more, clipped and just like distorted, than Little Texas. <laughs> Little Texas's music is like crazy, but like yeah, Marat is definitely like core. different. <laughs> Chris, have you that ever song, seen Little Texas? Yes, I've seen. That's sort of. I miss his old footwork type <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're down to five minutes. Usually at this point, I can't believe we've we've been four minutes. We usually like oh, to give wow. you a platform to promote, shout out, and just say anything you want before we um, call it a night. Chief, I don't know if I have I have anything. Uh, just hit me up. I don't know. I I have an Instagram and Twitter what i use basically you're still on twitter good man Mm -hmm. yeah 
Book him. Twitter. Buy his merch. He's got he's got merch. Mm-hmm. What's I don't f- really have anything coming out right now, or else I would like plug something. Well, buy the Pacific Plaza soon. album. What is it? Live two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Buy the Business Casual album. And mm-hmm. uh, book him. Bandcamp, Spotify. And uh, keep your ear to the ground for the new pop culture dubstep. Not dubstep necessarily, but new pop culture side project. Pop culture mm-hmm. and in rail coming soon? Is this real? Ooh. That is real. Ooh, that's you, um, you, you heard it on Hot Takes. Electronicon 4 or 5? Whatever the recent one. Or yeah, 4. If you're at Econ 4, you heard the Enrale pop culture Damn, collab. Son. Hell yeah. Okay. That was a sick set. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, bud. It's been a long time coming. Oh, yeah. Hope you had hey, fun. Thanks for having me. Always. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'll go. It's cool if I go first, Skelly. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So coming up on the sixth of October, Skelly and I will both be in Madison, Wisconsin for Midwest Aesthetic Three Season of the Glitch. I'm stupid and don't have any links ready, but you can find the tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, get you a ticket in advance. Uh, it's it's he and I. Lux, you're a, you're a saint. We got Christ. We got MCOPAV. We got, um, oh, uh, Global Chill, I think it is. Um, uh, a handful of other people that are playing. Sound Market. Frank Jeff C. Frank Jeff C., thank you. Lots of great people. And some, some local people and some other people whose names are escaping me. Got to come out. I've got a dangerously violent dark scent set and skelly's gonna be playing music from the new album right yep and some old stuff too some dark shit some some good some shit stuff yep. i just did a show in columbus shout out crystal nostalgia or Woo. crystal nostalgia lounge sorry nostalgia lounge genesis uh played played some future funk with uh crystal eternal okay baby and simple syrup had a really good time turnout was good met some cool people had fun Shout out Crystal Eternal for putting Columbus, Ohio on the map. Coming up, we got uh, just recently announced Vapor Space. I believe it's called Ghost City. Uh, it's been sort of announced, uh, not really promoted quite yet because they just had the Orograph show. But uh, Luxury Elite, myself, Frank Jaffe, and um, a local whose name is escaping me. I'm sorry if you're listening in. Uh, but I'll remember your name next time. Scythe Heaven, I think, maybe, um, is playing Ghost City. Scythe Heaven, it came to me. Um, think it's the 21st. Damn, I got to get better at this. But anyways, check it out. Vapor Space, Ghost City. We love Ronnie, so come out and see us play. Probably going to see if he'll let me play some Lo-Fi House or some Vapor Trap. I'm tired of future fun. I'm sure he'll be pleased with that. And then we got, uh, of course, Flamingo Fest. Um, I think mm-hmm. you're, you and I are both playing day one, right? Yes, sir. High Tide LA. I don't remember what day that is either. And, November uh, uh, 3rd. November well, I'm, 3rd. I'm real good at this. November 3rd. Anyways, that's enough. Uh, lots, lots of great sets coming up. Don't know what I'm going to play, but, uh, but Indy said he wants me to tear it down, so I might just go nuts. Might just have to go nice. dummy. I'm a warm-up DJ, but he said I could go dummy, so, you know. <laughs> That's all I can think of. And uh, shout out Indie Advent, of course, for, for helping us put on that show. I'm going to run those uh, run those links one more time while Skelly talks about what he's got in the works. Uh, 
Midwest Aesthetic, obviously. We just talked about that. October 6th in Madison, Wisconsin. It's going to be a fun time. Really cool. The, the, the last couple they've had Midwest Aesthetic parties have been outstanding. I'm sure this one will be no different than those. Uh, then, of course, Flamingo Fest in November 3rd for the launch party. I should note, though, that the launch party tickets are sold out. So going to be pretty, pretty packed house. Pretty cool day. Pretty cool uh, performances from, you know, with uh, Young Shiro doing the DJ stuff along with, I think, um, I think uh, Groove Remote and Future Funk Monkey are also. That's right. Some great people. In addition to a bunch Line of other artists, including like Strip Silence will be there. King Quartz yeah, is going to be there. iClick's going to be there. Groovy Kaiju, uh, Frank Jeff C, Nano Shrine, um, Panic Pop, uh, lineup is honestly fire. They just announced Internet people. Club. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That, oh, yeah, yeah Club's so playing and Lux. The, of the course. launch party is sold out, but the big day, big day the next day is still tickets available for that. So definitely go get tickets for that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see everybody November third, and then in December, beginning early December, there will be a show with myself and Orograph and Frank Jepsey. And Hell we'll yeah! That when we get closer. And uh, I got a new song that'll come out the day of um, Midwest Etic. That'll be on the compilation CD they're releasing for that. So I'll release that on streaming services on that day. And uh, yeah, do have the new album done. Did send it to Fire Tools. To nice. Give me some production just to tell me, you know, since they're freaking, since they're freaking genius, just ask them to give me some suggestions oh, yeah. on how to mix the, mix certain things. They did. I think I've just about finished all the suggestions. I'm gonna kick it back to them to do the mastering and then. Get over to Alex after that. Um, yes, sick. So that should come out. Soon. So out on Pacific Plaza. Yeah, sounds like people need to release on Pacific Plaza. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> Guys, uh, we don't have our next guest picked out yet, but it's going to be somebody that is not in America. So keep your ear to the ground. Got some great Ooh. people coming through the pipeline, so you can guess who you think it's going to be. But it's probably not who you think it is. But anyways, should be exciting. Same time, same place, Monday, 9 p.m., twitch.tv slash hottakesvapor. That's going to be the 9th, yeah, October 9th, so the weekend after Midwest Aesthetic. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Pop Culture. You're a real cool dude. Yes, it's really cool. I've always wanted to talk to you. (laughs) And um, y'all don't forget to to visit Pop Culture's uh, Bandcamp and buy his merch and book him for your shows. And thank you for tuning in to Hot Takes. Uh... You'll find us on YouTube and podcasting services. We're going to run an ad for the upcoming Midwest Aesthetic show right now, and then we will call it a night. Love you guys. Bye. Wow.